Boom. And Bodo. <laughs> Welcome to the fifth beta episode and the last free episode of this um, podcast series, Rebooty Biblical Perspective. After today, this series will be made only available to our patrons and patreons. So if you have not made your way to Patreon from the Zinkicture International Private Numbers Club, as well as the Zinkicture International Institute of Dermatology on Facebook, please make your way to www patreon.com slash zin underscore l-e-l as an e-l underscore fuego fuego as an f-u-e-g-o we are coming to you all again live and direct from the Twinan Republic of Trinidad and Tobago and accompanying me and co-hosting this podcast would be the lovely Katura Hey guys, it's a pleasure again to be with you all on this podcast episode. I hope you guys have been enjoying our um our series so far, shedding some light on topics that you probably never even considered. And today brings us, as Ian said, to the last beta episode. And before we go into the Patreon officially, we have a really interesting topic again to cover, Zane. What is it? Today we are speaking about verse 15, it is, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, verse 15. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of John chapter 1, where it says, John testified about him and was cry- and has cried out, um, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I has, than, than, than I, and has priority over me. He existed before me. All right, so today we will be, um, instead of moving on with the rest of the chapter, we just pause on that and give some and discuss that. Yeah, let's take it slow on this. <laughs> yeah, so, so when 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 you were in the in the what you call it the Pentecostal era, not the Pentecostal, the Seventh Day Adventist era of your life. Mm-hmm. What 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 was that? What was that like? What was the understanding then? As it relates to this verse? Yeah. Um, well, I can't say exactly what the pastors and the attribute for the meaning, but what I understood is simply that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, Lord over all, I suppose. You know, it's, it's weird because I never even questioned what did that mean? Like, you know, I just acknowledged I guess because I was brought up in it. And these are things, when you're brought up in it, you don't really sit down and ponder. You don't really reason it. Because it's just your tool, just like the colors. Your tool, blue is blue and red is red. And you don't sit down and think, well, why is blue blue? What makes you red, red? (laughs) So I just just acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. and, um, And that's as far as it went. So I didn't reason or sit down and ponder, you know, what did it really mean to be high in rank and so on. It, it, so. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. We see that we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, and that's nowhere in the scriptures. Eh? You're kidding me. <laughs> you know, some say we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, and that is nowhere in your Bible. I'll challenge anybody to run a Bible search, and you see, there's nowhere where it says to accept Jesus as Lord. Right, wow. and that, and that in particular is another um, Westernized perspective. That is tripping 
those who are really sincere about walking in Christ because these are the things that they believe that is not written in the Bible. Like, you know, there are many things that we have been taught, even mm-hmm. concerning this verse in, in chapter 15. You know, so in verse 15 of, of, of John chapter 1, there were many things that, that we have been taught that has no biblical reference points, no biblical founding. Yeah. Um, and it's, that, it's, huh? it's, you know, as, as, you, as you're saying, that it has no biblical founding. Um, I can understand, because I've always questioned why would, like, non-believers watch Christianity in particular, at least some have came into contact with, and, you know, a, it to them was some kind of mysticism, like fairy tale stuff. And I understand now that that's because um, the Bible is very intricate, as we know it. Everything is linked and interlinked. And without understanding the proper context, when you share these things with unbelievers, they're going to watch you like you're crazy. Yeah. I'll, it's I'll, not I'll, making sense. <laughs> and by right, right? By right, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, we are the... International Institute of Pneumatology in particular, we have proven the energetic physics and the spiritual physics of the scriptures to be true, pragmatically and experimentally. So we know the scriptures is true, but unfortunately what we have what we have had to come into knowledge of in the scriptures is not known through the Western world as a norm in any form or fashion. So what we have here is of uh, uh, something that is using the Bible as a perspective that is using the Bible as its as its validation, but is not validated by the Bible. That, that is so sense? weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it's so weird. It's like that's a, that does not even logically make sense. It's like taking a book and then just rewriting it and saying. To everybody will accept this and without it having some kind of founding like without understanding the as you say the pragmatism of it um i don't mean to come across straight and so blunt but technically it's lying to people right it is it is if it's it not is. the context if it's all the context then it's not the truth it's not the intended message and so you know saying things like we accept jesus as lord just as I have been saying that for a long time too. Yeah, we accept that. And those things are... And even how we say Lord Jesus, even the, the, the context of Lord Jesus, we use it in the, in the perspective of Lord as in what we know in the Western world to be Lord. Mm-hmm. But, which is like a master. Which is like Someone. a master, an owner of land. Uh-huh. Or somebody close to a duke. But, but basically, we read it in the Bible as a person who is Lord, who is over all things. And you serve that Lord as a servant. And that's why most Westernized Christians can't understand Jesus' gospel and the gospel of the apostles and the guessing and always a lot of theological struggles because nobody is sure what it is, but everybody is sure that their interpretation that has no reference point is what it is. Mm-hmm. But But if you even look within this chapter in particular... Where John says in in the in the following verses, John says, you know, I am the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Uh-huh. And Jesus is referred to as Lord, but the word but the term Lord is actually taken over from Isaiah chapter forty. And that term Lord means Yahweh, 
means the self-existent, the eternal one. Right. I'm sure other people who follow us on Facebook would have seen um, some of the posts and you'd see this word self-existence and here you go. His <laughs> exactly. If it's been rubbing on your mind, then here you go. So then if we apply that to the New Testament in the context and in the knowledge and the awareness that these guys would have spoken from their culture, when they're saying, when they are actually asserting this is the Lord Jesus, they're really actually taking into consideration that what they could be saying based on the context of what you're reading is that this is Yahweh, Yeshua. Yahweh, self-existent Yeshua. The self-existent and the eternal Yeshua. I meaning, know you guys. Meaning Yahweh Elohim in flesh, calling himself Yeshua. Name, a race, a new species, Yahweh Yeshua. I know you guys are probably wondering, what's the significance of this? Like, isn't it playing on words to, you know, have, as we brought to your attention, now is the self-existent Yahweh? But to find more information on that, you need to follow us on Patreon because <laughs> we're going to dive into it and, exactly. and show you show you why oh, that's actually where your power is going to come from. Yeah, and this is actually coming from us who have been walking this in a very pragmatic and an experimental way. We are telling mm-hmm. you that this, these, are, these, little, these little nuances actually make a big difference in a Christian life. Yeah, and, pull that, you, and pull you away from what you have been taught as keeping you powerless and sick. Yes, that, that's definitely not a play on words. It's literally paradigm changing. Yeah, so let's fall back on John on, 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 on verse 15, where is it? So John testified repeatedly about him and has cried out, testifying officially for the record with validity and relevance. This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I and has priority over me, for he existed before me. All right, this sounds like a riddle if you just read it for what it is. Right, so it sounds like a riddle, but it is really very um, strategically stated as most Hebrew writers, not Hebrew writers in this case, but most biblical writers, even Paul in his letters, he's very strategic in what he's saying. Uh-huh. Um, and so they come up in their culture. Nothing is actually said just because it sounds good. It's actually very, very much inter- inter- intertwined in the um, in the scriptures because that's what they come up knowing. Okay, right? so he's referencing... Yeah, everything that, doing, everything that they're saying is actually quoting scriptures. Sometimes they, they just quote a part of a verse or the full or half of a verse. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus, when he's speaking to the Pharisees, he's always quoting verses. Yeah, and um, remember when, well, there are many different places. Let's, let's not start our conversation. I don't want to start our conversation. You know, <laughs> many, many instances where he would speak to the Pharisees and he's quoting a line, so the Pharisees get vexed. Right? Because they know the, what, what the rest of the verse says. Ah, so we now will read that and think, okay, what's the big deal with it? But right. they now would read that because they understand there's a context. And, and, he, and, he's, and he's actually really con- he's really hitting them. Like, showing them up and calling them okay. wicked and all of that. Through the verses that he's actually, because they will know if, if you know the rest of the verse, then what you're saying is that we're wicked. <laughs> Gotcha. 
right? It's the same thing that took place on the cross. Jesus said, my God, my God, why has God forsaken me? Everybody said, well, he's crying out for God. God has forsaken him. Mm-hmm. But he's quoting Psalm 22, verse, the, first, the, first, the first line of, of Psalm 22. Those who know scriptures will, will, will know that, especially those who memorize it will know that. And they know, well, okay, he's referring to Psalm 22, which is the custom of the rabbis also. So in the wow. same way, yeah, in, in the same way when John is speaking here, John is actually quoting scripture. And he's, he's making, he's, he may not be quoting it verbatim, but he's making references to the scripture. So he says, John testified repeatedly about him and was Hannah's cried out, testifying officially for the, re- for the record with validity and, re- and relevance. This was, of, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, and has prior to me, for he existed before me. So in this episode, well, what we will do is just take a look at two contexts here that, that are actually being referenced. The first would be Psalm 8. Right? It says, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I. Right? Because in Psalm 8, it actually says that God made man a little lesser than the angels. Or mm-hmm. to be more specific, in the context of Psalm 8, it says it makes it, God made man a little lesser, a little lesser than Elohim. Which means if the word is now made flesh, and the word was in Genesis, then the word was before him. Does that make oh, sense? Okay, yeah. So first, first of all, it, it, it the word is before him. The word is um, the word is the word is before him. He is before him. You just pull that into context there, yeah. So it says, This whom I said he was here, he who comes after me has a ra- high, higher rank than I, and has prior to me, for he exists before me. So in Psalm 8, it actually says that man was created in the image and likeness of um, a little lesser than Elohim, sorry. He was made a little lesser than Elohim. Which actually indicates that in Genesis, where he was made a son of God. And through his decision, he became less than Elohim because he was made in the image and likeness of Elohim. And if he made an image and likeness of Elohim, then he is Elohim. Right. <laughs> right. And John and, and Paul does says that Yahweh, the Lord was made, the body was made for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. If you understand that to be Yahweh, according to the scriptures, then it will mean that Yahweh is made for the body. Sorry, the body is made for Yahweh and Yahweh for the body. So, in the in 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 that context, we know that when Adam was created, that he was created in the image and likeness of Yahweh Elohim. Uh-huh. But through his decision, he was no longer functioning as Elohim. All right. When remember when God came into the garden, God came even though they clothed themselves with, with with his leaves, comparing themselves to a tree. When God interfaced with Adam, in that case, he clothed them with animal skin. Now, yes. Paul in, so Paul in the New Testament mirrors that by actually talking about us coming into Christ. He says, we are now clothed with Christ. Okay, so that's, wow, okay, that was, he's taking us all the way back to Genesis. Always, Identify always. Identify that we're not, um, we're no longer like the mere Adams. Exactly. We're no longer clothed with animal skin. You're now clothed with Christ when you, when you acknowledge 
and confess the Lord Yeshua, Yahweh Yeshua, the Lord Christ Jesus. Right, so Samuel says, O Lord, or O Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic, how majestic and glorious and excellent is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries. That you might silence the enemy and make the revengeful re- re- cease. When I see and consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and, st- and the stars which you have established, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of good born man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than God. See that? Yet yeah. you have made him a little lower than God. So that, that would have, we know for, for certain that that would have taken place when Adam was, um, when, when Adam made his decision. So the word in particular in the Genesis narrative of Genesis chapter 1, which John refers to, which is the Spirit of God, whom John refers to as the word, Definitely being born in the flesh. He is, without a doubt, um, higher, has a higher rank than him. Than John. Than John. Uh-huh. And has priority over him, because John was not saved by the blood of Jesus as yet, by the blood of the Lord as yet, or God in Christ. He was not saved by that as yet. So he does he does have a higher rank. Um, so he's acknowledging rank here as it relates to spiritual status. Mm-hmm. Spiritual status. Spiritual status. Okay. Because all men would have been clothed with animal skin, whilst he is the, the wood made flesh. Right. In the, in the form of sinful flesh, but not in sinful flesh. Because he was born. Powerless. Yeah. Okay, because he was not born by the regular reproductive um, means, but spoken by the word. Exactly. And then he says, for he he existed before me. Right? And that existence before him would, would, would again, reference the word in Genesis chapter 1. So he's identifying by stating that he is identifying that Jesus that they knew, Yeshua that they knew, existed in Genesis as the Spirit of God? As the Spirit of God. That is and, so deep. And is now, is, now, is now walking amongst men as flesh. That's why he said, that's why he goes on to say, um, you know, when he said, where is it? Um, He says he was in the world and was it was if you go back to verse ten, and though the world was made through him, the word that was in Genesis, mm-hmm. the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own. That which was that which belonged to him, his world, his creation, his possession, and those who were his own people, the Jewish nation did not receive and welcome him. Oh, and he's identifying as his own nation because God identified Israel as his chosen nation, his children. Right. Through the contract or through Abraham's blessing, sorry. Through Abraham's, through his contact with Abraham and telling Abraham, hey, I'll make you a 
father of many nations. That's some serious history there, boy. <laughs> yeah, so now Yahweh, the word is now walking in flesh, and John is actually identifying that. Yeah? Yeah, following. So when he says he existed before me, he's actually speaking about the word was in Genesis. And now the word is here, and nobody is recognizing him. What because they were looking, um, they were they weren't recognizing him before because they were looking for a literal king to come. Like exactly, okay. that's the, the perspective is that they were looking for this savior to come and crush the enemies. So they're looking for some serious battle and stuff like that. Right, where the savior, where the Messiah would come and make all of the enemies bow before them, not taking into consideration that is that the Messiah has come. And judgment is upon them because judgment is upon the nation because they have now turned away, which is which is um what he is actually trying to indicate in verse nine. He says there it was the true light, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. How did the world not recognize him? Because they are not actually in the identity of Yahweh. In if you're in sin, then you're actually in your own identity and not in the in the identity of Yahweh. They're not walking in the name of Yahweh anymore. So they don't even recognize Yahweh in the flesh. Because they're living by their own reference points of what is good and bad. Exactly. They were their own by tree. The, the knowledge of what their own knowledge of what is functional and dysfunctional. Yeah. So he says. He came to that which his own that belonged to him. His word is creation is possession, and those who were his own people, the Jewish nation, did not receive and welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to, trust, and rely on his on his name, who were born not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God. And, if you, and for those of you who actually listened to the previous episodes, you will know that if you're actually born of God, to, to actually um, to be born of God means to be inspired by what God says. Yeah. So therefore, he's he's pretty much saying that these people are not no longer born of God. They're actually born of. They're now becoming um, those who are in what they are in. Especially by decision, they are now the seed of the serpent, which is why Jesus refers to the Pharisees and tell them that your your father is the devil. That's so straightforward. Like I like the so like in my mind, I see it in categories: the tree of life, which is the truth; tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which represents Satan, and mm-hmm. serpent talk. And what I'm saying is that. Based on what we're sharing here, once you put that into perspective, we'd realize that it's not walking in spirit, walking as sons of God. It's nothing mystical at all. It's literally, as you said, just no walking inspired by what God says. Yes. It's 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 as simple as ABC, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's no math in that. As simple as ABC. And if and if according to Peter you are now the seed of the word of God, the incorruptible seed. 
it's pretty much understanding, okay, dividing, okay, so Yeshua fulfilled all man's requirements in the, in the various covenants. And now we are in the person of Christ benefiting from Father now fulfilling his side of the covenant because Yeshua has already fulfilled yes, well, man, man's side of the covenant. Yeah. <laughs> right? And Father has actually done that by breathing his Abraham's blessings into us. By giving us the Holy Spirit in Christ. In so Christ. That, so that, that, that is already breathed into Christ Yeshua. You, have, you identify yourself with the person of Christ and you have all of that. That is perfect. It is perfect. We, and, and that's why we are perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's no, it's no, there is no mysticism, no abstract approach to this. It's simply learning what the promises of God are in the scriptures, all through the scriptures, all through the scriptures, and knowing that that is now your, the energetic charge of your breath, of your spirit, and you're learning to walk from your heart to manifest what is already energetically in you by the presence of the Holy Spirit, Abraham's blessings. So when we, um, so I just want to make sure that I don't say what I used to say in the church culture. We don't have to ex accept Jesus Christ. <laughs> when we confess and acknowledge Yahweh, Yeshua, mm -hmm. basically we are confessing and acknowledging that we are the word, the spirit in the flesh. We are self-existent yeah. spirits. In the flesh, you Just are as you, you are acknowledging your existential truth. My existential truth. So just as Yeshua um, lived among them, as we covered in the in the previous um, podcast series, mm -hmm. and they saw the glory, we are basically represent as as the disciples were um, in Paul's letters, I think. The Amplified puts it that chosen ones, representative of God. So basically, we are in the same shoe that Yeshua was in. Except we don't have to die for sins and all this kind of thing. But we are him in the body, in yeah, the well, suit. But that's technically why Paul said that in the person of Christ, that you died with him and you ruled with him. That's that is why. so straight. <laughs> Yeah, so this person is already... So you have actually come into the person of Christ and all his history is now your history. And put, put it like that. Right. Everything that he experienced is now your memory. That's, your, that's, spir your spiritual memory. That is um, debunking what I was taught because um, like here in the Caribbean, we have to been taught, at least in, my, in the island that we live, that um, our history comes goes back to the days of Arawaks and Caribs and stuff like that. So growing up and being taught this in school, I remember for myself, my sense of identity, I took it from, at one point in time, from what I was taught about my ancestors. Hmm. So what, what you're saying right now, and what we're reading right now, shows that um, it's time to, to reboot that perspective. <laughs> It's time to reboot that perspective. That breath that you're breathing has been purchased. That breath that you're breathing is now Yeshua. And your body has been purchased by the blood of Jesus for Yahweh Yeshua.
to be to be respired in it. So I have a question. As we were covering um higher rank, right? And priority, John is identifying that. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners, this how does that relate to us in particular? What rank? Because we're identifying that Yeshua was higher in rank than John. And we identify that that goes all the way back to the Genesis narrative where he is Elohim, right? Yes. And he existed before time. So where does that put our ranking system? Well, let's go to the book to, to the to the New Testament letter of the Hebrews. Where we can see um where we can see the writer of Hebrews quoting Psalm 8 and giving you some, some perspective on that question. Did you see Psalms 8? Yeah, um, faster my seatbelts, I'm ready. <laughs> right, so, if, reading from verse 5. Which chapter? Ahead. Chapter 2, sorry. Okay. Well, let's Check actually read from verse 1. So we keep the context of the chapter. Let's see what the writer of Hebrews said about Psalm 8 and bring it to context for us in Christ. Go ahead. All right. For this reason, that is, for those of you following, sorry, we're reading from the Amplified. For this reason, that is, because of God's final revelation in his son Jesus, and because of Jesus' superior superiority to the angels, we must pay much closer attention than ever to the things that we have heard, so that we do not in any way drift away from the truth. For if the message given through angels, the law given to Moses was authentic and unalterable, and every violation and disobedient act received an appropriate penalty, how will we escape the penalty if we ignore such a great salvation, the gospel, the new covenant? For it was spoken at first by the Lord, and it was confirmed to us and proved authentic by those who personally heard him speak. And besides this evidence, God also testifying with them, confirming the message of salvation both by signs and wonders and by various miracles carried out by Jesus and the apostles and by granting to believers the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Now verse 5. So so, so this is where we come into the nice part. You know. There you go. It was not to angels that God subjected the inhabited world of the future when Christ reigns, about which we are speaking. But one has solemnly testified somewhere in the scripture saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Psalm 8. Or, okay, or the son of man that you graciously care for him. You have made him for a little while lower in status than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet, confirming his supremacy. So what 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 you're reading there is Psalm eight that we that we were reading from earlier on, right? Uh-huh. Well, let's see what he says about it. Now in putting all things in subjection to man, he left nothing outside his control. But at present we do not yet see all things subjected to him. No, pause there. So he says at present we do not see all things subjected to him, and he's actually speaking about man who is now who is still living in the perspective of the Adam. Okay. Of this knowledge of good and evil, external or codependent identity. Next verse is where it changes. But we do see Jesus, 
who was made lower than the angels for a little while by taking on the limitations of humanity, crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering of death, so that by the grace of God extended to sinners, he might experience death for the sins of everyone. So then what it actually shows there now is that it says we don't see, yet we do not see. We do not see yet all things subjected to him. But, which means in Christ Jesus and being in the person of Christ Jesus, this is now opposite. Okay. So in the Christ Jesus, all things are now subjected to him. And if we identify is... with him, then it's subjected to him as us. Wait. Okay, this, this is flowing, which is back to the Genesis where everything was subjected um, to Adam. For the first Adam, right. Right. Should I continue? Yes, go ahead. For it was fitting for God, that is, an act worthy of his divine nature, that he, for whose sake are all things, and through whom all, sorry, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, should make mm. the author and founder of their salvation perfect through suffering, bringing to maturity the human experience necessary for him to be perfectly equipped for his office as high priest. For Jesus who sanctifies, and those who are sanctified, that is spiritually transformed, made holy, set apart for God's purpose, are all from one Father. For this reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will declare your Father, sorry, I will declare your, the Father's name, to my brethren, the believers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, he says, my trust, confident, hope will be placed in him. And again, here I am. I am the children whom God has given me. Therefore, since these, his children, share in flesh and blood, the physical nature of mankind, he himself in a similar manner also shared the same physical nature, but without sin, so that through experience in death, he might make powerless, ineffective, Important him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and that he might free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in slavery throughout their lives. For as we all know, he, Christ, does not take hold of the fallen angels to give them a helping hand, but he does take hold of the fallen descendants of Abraham, extending to them his hand of deliverance. Therefore, it was essential that he had to be like, made like his brothers, mankind, in every aspect, so that he might, by experience, become a merciful and faithful high priest in things related to God, to make atonement, perpetuation, I think, for the people's sins, thereby wiping away the sin, satisfying divine justice, and providing a way of reconciliation between God and mankind. Because he himself, in his humanity, has suffered in being tempted. He is able to help and provide immediate assistance to those who are being tempted and exposed to suffering. So there you have it. In Christ, Psalm 8 is now, in Christ, is no longer lower. You actually mean his brother in the mm. kingdom, which means equality. That's why John also says in his first letter that as he is, so are we in this world. So are we. That is so divine. We are divine. We are we, 
self-existent Yeshua. Exactly. Sharing the divine nature. Okay. So the divine, we are in divine nature in our identity, in the name taken on the, the person of Christ Yeshua. The persona, the person of Christ Yeshua. This John has a lot more than I thought it did. <laughs> yes. It yes, does. Yes, yes. It does, but most, as I said, um, the, I hope for the listeners in particular that this is actually bringing some context to John's, John's gospel because the westernized perspective of the scriptures have been very much um, disadvantageous to the growth and the progress and the walk in power of the believers internationally. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think that there we I think we we've um we don't want to saturate the listeners too much with more. I think we just poured enough on top of that. Yeah, we did go into a lot more than we expected to. <laughs> yeah, so um that would pretty much bring us to the end of the subject for today. And um if you do desire to this, this day, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, if you do desire to continue with the, to listening to the series, this to this this podcast episode is the last free episode that is available. If you desire to continue with the rest of the series, which will be available to our patrons or members at patreon.com, you can go to www.patreon.com slash zane underscore underscore l e l underscore fuego f u e g o right and that will be available there and on the platform you can not only listen to these podcasts but you can also ask questions and we will answer you in in podcasts as well as in youtube videos all right so go check it out we have different membership packages there um where you can just listen you can you can either just read your packages will be very basic package, bronze patron, just to read. Then you have the silver patron that will be able to listen, um, to read and ask questions and respond to you through YouTube videos and podcasts. And then you have the gold patron that, um, where you would be able to get involved in master classes on the gifts of the spirit, where we train you in gifts of the spirit and activate you. Right, we one hundred percent guarantee activation in these master classes, and then of course you have the the um, the coaching aspect of it. So we have Christian or re- rather religious rehabilitation coaching, which is like religious trauma re- rehabilitation from religious trauma coaching, which comes with many benefits. You also have another package where um, you can do weekly coaching and Bible study where we we watch the Bible and we have practical coaching where you walk the scriptures out. And of course, the last, which is not, um, which is also available, is the Elohim coaching. Every every membership package that you you choose, whichever you choose, the packages that come before that you benefit from all of those packages. So you're not paying for the package in particular, you're paying for that package and all packages that come before that. 
Yeah. Yes. So many benefits. We have also a private community on Discord when you join Patreon, where you will actively interface with Kitro and myself, as well as the master mentors of the Zingigitro International Institute of Pneumatology. They will be there. So come in, just click on the link, type in www.patreon.com slash zane underscore l underscore fuego and join us there. You can also join us on, if you, you can also join and find out a little more about us on www.internationalinstituteofpneumatology.com where we train the body of Christ to walk in the energetic physics of Elohim, of Yahweh, of the Holy Spirit, of the new man. Walk in the kingdom and change your life. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button when you go to this um to the institute's page in particular. There we would share with you newsletters, updates, everything that needs to keep you in the loop. And we'll also share with you the Patreon um package information and stuff like that. You know, if you just want to follow, yeah. be sure to hit that subscribe button. Yeah, on on Patreon. And on Patreon, you have not only these coaching sessions and so on, but you have podcasts, we have articles, we have free, we, we have free ebooks, um, many different benefits that come from that, and also insights into our continuous research, pragmatic and energetic um, and experimental research on what we are doing as we as we continue to reveal the pneumatology of the Holy Spirit and the new man. Right, this will change your life. So on that note, we want to thank our listeners for joining us. And we pray that this has enlightened your awareness of who you are in Christ, Yeshua, in self-existent Yeshua. And we love you all. <laughs> yeah, we love you. We love you greatly. Much in abundant love. And see you on patreon.com. Ciao.